Welcome. We're glad that you're here. If you're a first-time guest, we want you just to enjoy yourself. We're walking through the Bible, and right now we're in Luke chapter 12. We're going to be looking at verses 35 through 48. If you need a Bible, there's one under the chair kind of near you or over on the lamp on the left or in the back. There's Bibles as well. Um, But we believe that this Bible is everything. We're studying it, we're walking through it, we're taking our time with it. Uh, One of the things I love about the way that that we have decided to do church is that we are, hopefully, what we're doing in this process is we, as the church, the ecclesia, each and every one of us, we're learning more how to read scripture. And as I sit here, and as we come together, and we come together on the weekend, and we talk about these verses, you're going to see really um, how inadequate I am to fully exposing every truth in scripture. It just won't happen happen. I mean, we could talk about one verse for the next 200 years, and, and it wouldn't even fully expose what God, who God is. And so it's neat coming together, and as we look at verses, I've been praying through them, I've been studying, and I think God's got a good message for us this morning. But the greater deal is this. We're hoping that you're learning how to read Scripture, how to interpret Scripture, how to learn who God is through Scripture. Because it happens Sunday, but it happens Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. It happens every day of our life. So we want to equip you and, and, and give you the ability and the freedom to just run in Scripture and run after God. So that's our hope and that's our prayer. Did any of you read ahead? Oh yeah, okay. We got some people reading ahead. Very good. Did anyone read behind the chapters that we were just in? Like, we're taking our time through this. This passage, if you read ahead, is a very good passage. I'm excited about it. Uh, My grandpa and I met on Tuesday and talked about this, and it was another one of those in Fuego sessions. Chad, it was a good session. Grandpa goes ahead and helps study for us, and I get together and and pray with him, and he he talks through the scripture, and it's always an exciting time. I'm honored that God has given us this ability at, at Church Project. So, are you ready? Enough of this, huh? So let me, uh, let me read these verses and we'll begin to talk about it. Luke chapter 12, verses 35 through 48. Be dressed, please be dressed, ready for service, and keep your lamps burning, like servants waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet, so that when he comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door for him. It will be good for those whose servants, uh, it'll be good for those servants whose master finds them watching when he comes. Truly, I tell you, he will dress himself and serve to serve, will have them recline at the table and will come and wait on them. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them ready, even if he comes in the middle of the night or towards daybreak. Verse 39. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have left, have left his house be broken into. Man, I have a problem reading this morning. Anyone else want to read these, huh? Hey, Jeff, you sang for us last week. Why don't you get up and read these verses, huh? Like, I'm good, okay. All right, so let me, let me start on verse 39 again. We'll, I'll try to get better at reading this, okay? Verse 39, but understand this. If the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have left his house to be broken into. You also must be ready, because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Peter asked, Lord, are you telling this parable to us or to everyone? The Lord answered, who then is the faithful and wise manager? Whom the master puts in charge of his servants to give them their food allowance at the proper time. 
It will be good for that servant whom the master finds doing so when he returns. Truly, I tell you, he will put him in charge of all his possessions. But suppose the servant says to himself, my master is taking a long time in coming. And he then begins to beat the other servants, both men and women, and to eat and drink and get drunk. The master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him, and at an hour he is not aware of. He will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the unbelievers. Verse 47. The servant who knows the master's will and does not get ready or does not do what the master wants will be beaten with many blows. But the one who does not know and does things deserving punishment will be beaten with few blows. From everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. Wow, that's a lot of verses, huh? Do these sound like encouraging verses to you? Especially towards the end, you're going to get beaten. (laughs) These are actually really incredible verses. And I want to start out and I want to ask you a question. What do you think is going to be the most exciting thing to happen in your day today? What is it? As you think about your day, what is going to be the most exciting thing that's going to happen with your day? Sunday. You're pointing at your wife and saying something. You got in trouble last week, so we won't, we won't address whatever you're about to say. <laughs> I'm joking. What is it? What are you most looking forward to today? Today, what, what is the thing that is just making you come alive, thinking, okay, I'm going to take a nap this afternoon. That's pretty exciting. What, what are you most looking forward to today? And that's kind of how I want to start. I want to start with that question. If we look at verse 35 through 38, Jesus has basically given us the basic point here. He's saying, be dressed and ready for service. And if you look at the Greek for just that little section right there, be dressed and ready for service, it's this. It's it's a constant state. And once it's taken up, it needs to remain in place. And so Jesus is saying, be dressed and ready. As in, once you dress and once you get ready, stay in that state. Like, be there. Don't ever take off your clothes and go to sleep and get unaware. But as Christians, get dressed. Get in that state and be on constant alert. Be looking constantly forward. And keep your lamps burning. In verse 36, like servants waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet. So that when he comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door for him. It will be good for those servants whose masters find them watching when he comes. Truly, I tell you, he will dress himself to serve. Will remain, uh, will have them recline at the table and will come and wait on them. It will be good for those servants whose masters find them ready. Even if he comes in the middle of the night or towards daybreak. Here we're looking at Jesus talking and he's saying something really cool to us. And, and what he's talking about this time, the Israelites, if you think back, the Israelites were a people that were on a journey. And they needed to be ready for action. If you think back to the very first Passover that ever happened in the Bible. The very first Passover. It's the Israelites and they're waiting to get set free from captivity. And Jesus comes and God comes and shows them what it is they're supposed to do on this Passover night. And and let me give you a little illustration here. Exodus 12 verse 11. Exodus 12 verse 11. You can write that down if you want to look at it or, or just listen to it. This is the very first Passover. They're sitting there and they're waiting for God to come and set them free from the slavery. And, and this is what it says. This is how you are to eat with your cloak tucked into your belts, your sandals on your feet. 
and your staff in your hand, eat in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. Be waiting. Because when I come and when I set you free, you don't know when it's going to be. And so be ready, be waiting, be looking at anticipation. Don't be caught sleeping when I come and when I do the Passover and when I set you free. So Jesus is sitting and he's talking at this time. And what I think is neat is that there's this thing called eschatology, which means really nothing except it's a study of the end times, like, what, like what's coming, right? And in eschatology, when you study that, it's not so much about the details of the future, like what's about to happen, but, it, but it's, uh, it's God preparing us to serve him fully today. And so as we begin to look at the future and Jesus is teaching us about future stuff, like be ready because I'm coming for you at some time. He's teaching about the future, but what is he saying in reality? He's saying, I'm showing you how to live today. Get dressed. Be alert. Have your staff in hand. Watch for me, my servants. I love you and you don't know when I'm coming. So be prepared. (laughs) I think of a lot of things in my life that pull me away from eternal stuff and drop me into the temporary. Like the eternal stuff is being prepared with my staff in my hand and focused on who God is and, and who he is in my life. Being prepared, that's eternal. But there's these, these temporary things that always distract me, that pull me away from the important stuff. Any of you get caught in the temporal stuff? Comfort? Starbucks drinks? I'm sorry I'm picking on Starbucks, but... Taco Bell tacos? I'm saying that to Peter. He works at Taco Bell, so. Do you have temporary things that pull you out of the important stuff? Pull you in today? Pull you away from being alert? You know, we asked a question to begin. You know, what are you most looking forward to today? Is it an earthly event or is it an eternal event? Is it something you're like, I'm going to take a nap. I'm looking forward to that. Are we so focused on the temporary that we forgot the eternal? Like Jesus is coming. He's going to come at a time and we don't even know when it is. Like he's coming and that should be exciting. Does that excite you that Jesus is coming? That's what our eyes need to be focused on. How many of you are are a little concerned about news coming out of Russia? How many of you are a little concerned about the news that you hear from around the world? The wars, the rumors of wars, the things that are to come. How many of you could get concerned in these things? See, as Christians, as I read this passage especially, I go, the world around us is going to get chaotic and even more chaotic every day. But Jesus says, be ready. Hold it right here. Keep your eyes focused because I'm coming back. And I am the only hope. It's not the temporary stuff of today that you focus on. But it's the larger stuff. I worked at a steel mill in Pueblo. And I, uh, I, I've, I've talked about this occasionally, but I, I would work um, sometimes graveyard shifts. Those are awesome. Anyone ever work graveyard shifts? They're incredible. They're just wonderful. What is sleep? You don't need it. Come on, Peter. Did you work last night? No. no? Okay, so you're awake this morning. Yeah, you, a lot of Sundays, Peter comes um, after getting off work at like 4 in the morning and sleeping for like 30 minutes or whatever. And Yeah, anyways. At least you don't smell like Taco Bell when you come, so that's good. But I'm sorry I'm picking on you today. Let's get off of that. Can I stop picking on Peter today? Jeez, I'm sorry, bud. 
So I worked at the steel mill, and at night, um, I worked in this shop that honestly, if, if everything was going good in this shop, your bosses didn't care if you just slept the night away. They just didn't care. Your, your job was to make sure the mill was going. Occasionally, you could go and check on stuff, and you know, but they didn't really care if you slept or not. But I, I'm the kind of guy that, I don't know, maybe my dad made me work really hard growing up. I'm like, I just can't sleep. I'm getting paid. So like, what, what should I do? And so I'm all, I was always going around and cleaning up the shop. I was painting. They had, they had, I, I was always ordering paint so I could repaint stuff to make it look better. Or I was always, I don't know if this is considered work, but I, 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 I even made this at the still mill. How about this, huh? It's, yeah, it's eerie, huh? If you, have, if you have kids, keep them away from this. This weighs like 400 pounds. And if you're all abstract artists, it's the hand of Jesus and the nail coming through. See, you like that? There's, the, there's his veins back there. Kind of gross, right? And, and so I would just be like, yeah, I'm going to practice welding. So I think I probably made this at 3 in the morning in a still mill. And, and so I, I was always keeping, oh, oh, don't die. There we go. I was, I, was always, I was always keeping busy. I was always alert because I don't know. I think one time I actually did go to sleep at the table and my boss walked in. And, and even though I knew it was okay, I just felt that guilty like, oh, no, like, Sorry, you know, <laughs> and I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't sleep. And this is a, just a small example of what Jesus is talking about here. He's saying, you are on earth. I've put you on earth for a reason, and I love you, but be prepared. Be working. I've put you to be little people that are running around and telling people the love of God and introducing grace to people and, and being in this relationship, and I want you to love me, and I want you to be alert. Don't go to sleep. Like, don't go to sleep. This world wants to suck you in and steal all your time. I just went to Atlas Church last night. Lauren took me uh, to a surprise date. And she took me to the, the performance of screw tape letters. Anyway, it was incredible. One hour of, this, of this, these actors just performing the screw tape letters. And if you've read the screw tape letters by C.S. Lewis, well, you know that some of the things, it's, it's like the devil teaching smaller devils how to distract Christians and, you know, kill humanity. It's a real good book and play. But one, one of the things they say is, you know what? All we have to do is make them so busy that... They're just busy. They don't focus on what's important. Another thing that screw tape says is all you have to do is make them say mine a lot. Like it's mine, mine, mine. Make them think that this world stuff is actually theirs. Like their house is actually theirs. They worked for it. That car is actually theirs. If they can think that they've actually earned this and done this, then we've got them. See, we can focus on the temporal stuff so much that we're not alert and we're not ready. And when the master comes back, he finds us asleep. How embarrassing is that? Be alert. Be ready. I, I, I was going to read you two emails, but one was just super funny, and I'll read that to you later. But I do want to read you an email that I got this morning. And maybe some of you got this email as well. This is from James and Ali in, in Bangladesh. You know, we just prayed over them a few months ago and sent them down to Bangladesh. And, and they're representing church project, but more importantly, they're representing Jesus Christ in Bangladesh. And I got this email, and I always think it's kind of cool, and I don't know how to reply because it it's always like in code. Like they don't type the word Jesus. It's like J and a number three and a small S. And you know, I don't know if it's coded because of where they're at. But let me read this to you. Faithful friends. And I just got this three hours ago. Can you believe it's already March? 
We've been here a little under two months, and God has given us many opportunities to share the good news with the people in our communities. With only three more months to go, we are searching for and praying. I think that's praying. Yes, praying. It's all coded. So praying to meet those whom the Spirit has been preparing for His kingdom. Please pray that hearts would be made ready and that eyes would be open to the truth of the gospel. Pray that we would continue to be faithful with the seeds that he is still growing, that many will soon be ready for harvest. We have already seen that prayer come to life through James's recent trip out of the city. He and our friend Ian took a three-day trip to the village a couple weekends ago, and they came back with an amazing story of what exactly a heart that is ready for the harvest looks like. The short version of the story goes like this. After a long day of walking, talking, and being followed by a large crowd, James and Ian were sitting down to pray when two young men came to them wanting to talk. After being presented with the story of the cross and our Savior, these men asked what it would look like if they chose to follow Jesus. It was made quite clear to them that it wouldn't be easy. They would probably face much persecution, being the only Christians in their village. But the cost of following Jesus, the only way to a restored and perfect relationship with our Creator, is well worth the risk. After considering both the cost of following and the obedience of life that God offered to all of us, they had only one more question. What must they do to follow Jesus? After being told that they must receive the gift that Christ was freely holding out to them, the two bowed their hearts before the throne of God and committed themselves to following Jesus. James and Ian gave them a Bible so they might read and discover the reality of being a follower of Jesus and what it means to be made a new creation. The next day, as James and Ian were getting ready to leave, our two young brothers came to them, saying they were afraid. You see, after they, their, their lives had been changed the day before, they began sharing the good news with others in their village. They were afraid because the others they had talked with had become angry against them. Again, James and, and Ian explained the cost of following, as well as the, as the benefits of eternal life. And our brothers were encouraged in their newfound faith. This past week, Ian received a call from those men saying that they had been reading the Bible with some of their friends. At first, there were only two, they said with great joy. And now there were four, rejoicing with us as we give um, all glory and honor to Jesus Christ for this amazing story. So now, please pray for those two, now four, would you continue to be faithful, that they would continue to be faithful followers. Also pray for the village, that it would be utterly changed because of these faithful brothers. As always, thank you for your prayers. Because of your faithfulness, you also have a part in the story of our two brothers. Thank you, thank you, thank you. James and Allie. Life change. Focusing on what's important. Church, isn't it an honor that we're able to help James and Ali be in Bangladesh right now and the, the gospel message to be shared? I mean, it just, what does that do to you? Thinking that just last week, two men accepted Christ and now they're studying the Bible with two other men from their village and they're facing very real persecution. What does that do to you right now? 
It should do the same thing that it does in our life every week. We have this opportunity every week to show people the love of God. But it's so easy for us to fall asleep. It's so easy for us to get comfortable. Would you agree? I want to point out verse 37. Because it, because it goes so much against the grain of our world. And it's hard for me to understand. Verse 37. Because leading up to this, Jesus says, be ready. The owner of the house is going to come. Be ready. Then we get to verse 37. It will be good for those servants whose masters find them watching when he comes. Truly, I tell you, he will dress himself to serve. He will have them recline at the table and will come waiting on them. Do you experience this in your day in and day out life? Do you have people waiting to serve you? Your bosses, the people older than you, the people higher up on the ladder than you? Never. (laughs) Here is such a beautiful example. Jesus puts on an apron And he serves them. He serves. We serve. It's a lesson in humility. Are you serving the people that you're around every single day? Jesus is looking and he's serving people. And I think it's absolutely beautiful that he does that. And we should. Let's get to verse 39, 40. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Knowing when the thief would come. How many of you would know if you knew that a thief was coming to your house at a certain hour would be asleep? How many of you would be? I mean, I wouldn't. I go through my morbid thoughts. I'm like, I got a shotgun waiting for you. Like, you know, what what would you do to be ready? If you knew that a thief was coming at 2 o'clock tomorrow morning, what would you do to be ready? Would you call the police department? Would you set up your video cameras? Would you put oil on the floor? Like, what would you do? Would you make him cookies and milk? Well, I mean, what would you do? You would be prepared either way. I guarantee you wouldn't be asleep just hoping that he doesn't come or that he's nice. You would be prepared. And Jesus knows this. He says this. He says, be prepared. Don't get so comfortable and and set up in this temporary stuff of this world. Because you don't know when Jesus is returning. He can come like a thief in the night. Live on purpose and on mission. And don't miss serving others and sharing in this love. And most importantly, don't miss this relationship with Jesus Christ. He says, I want to know you. I want to walk with you. And I love you. Let's go to verse uh, 41 through 48. I'm not going to read all these. I'll let you read them again. But basically, this is now the section where it's, it's talking about the unfaithful servant. The one that's not faithful. It'd be like this. It'd be like, you know, I, Zoe and Audra. I remember years ago when, when Lauren and I decided to go on a date. They, they were maybe three and five. And so we, we hire a babysitter. And then Lauren and I go on a very much needed um, date. And we're gone for maybe three hours or so. And this is one of the first times that we ever went on a date. And so then, then we come back. 
And we see cops in front of that. Remember this, Lauren? We see cops in front of the house. Just sirens going off, you know. And I'm like, what in the world? And we walk in and there's about 100 people in the house partying. Like they're listening to ska music. It's that good of a party. Like there's booze everywhere. Like they're partying. And Lauren and I look at each other and we're like, "Uh uh-oh, we've hired the wrong babysitter. Like they're not ready. They're partying, right? Oh, this is a lie. Don't worry, Leslie. This is a complete lie. Same thing. Same exact thing. How would you feel if if you hired someone to babysit your kids and you came back and this was going on? Does that sit well with you? No. We can get the we can get the story here. Even look at the disciples. The disciples, you know, they're walking with Jesus, but even even some of the disciples didn't know who who Jesus was. What about Judas? What, What about him? We can be sincere and we can be um, passionate about the wrong things in this world. It's easy to get sincere and passionate about the wrong things in this world. The babysitter's job was not the job to party. It was to watch the kids. I um, I'm going to skip a whole bunch because I just feel like I should. I'm going to go to verse 46 because this is one that... Uh, could really get you confused. They got me confused a lot. Read verse 46. The master of the servant will come at a day when he does not expect him, at an hour when he is not aware of. He will cut him to pieces. Other, other versions say dismember him and assign him to the place with the unbelievers. If you're, if, if you're like me and you come across some passages like verse 46, I, I, I go into my eternal battle that I think will forever happen in my life, and the battle is this. So is it by works that we're saved, or is it by grace that we're saved? Like, if it's by grace, it's a free gift. Would you agree? God's given us this free gift, and that's awesome. But then we come across verses like 46 where it's like Jesus seems like he's telling us, if you're not working, I'm going to cut you to pieces, son. What do you think of this verse? Does anyone have thoughts on this? We're okay to talk, right? Does anyone have thoughts on this? If you've got a thought, let's hear it. Anyone? That was unfair. You know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking that his, his very attitude towards this master reflects a disregard that can hardly be equated with trust. Like what I'm, what I'm thinking right here is that this person, that, that he is almost like a Judas. Like a person that doesn't even know who God is. Like he's there. He knows all the right things to say and everything, but he, to- he hears the truth, he sees the truth, and he totally turns away from the truth completely. So I think verse 46 isn't, isn't like a battle between works and grace. I think verse 46 is Jesus saying, this guy didn't even really know who I was. Like he knew the truth, but he decided to throw a party anyways, to not even be ready, to not even be listening. See, grace does not end our accountability. We have grace. God has given us grace, which is a beautiful, wonderful thing. But it doesn't end our accountability. Jesus sits and he looks at us and he says, I love you and I've given you this grace and I've given you this love. Now go love others. Now go show the rest of the world this love. Um, I'm going to skip about a half a page. Is that okay? Are we good? 
All right, I'm going to skip down to verse 48. But the one who does not know and does things deserving punishment will be beaten with few blows. From everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. When, when I read this, I think we are one body and we have many parts and we have many functions. Would you, would you agree with this? That God has gifted us each according to our makeup. And he, he's given us gifts so we can serve each other and, and we can edify his body and, and we can encourage each other. Some pastors, teachers, servants, we all have spiritual gifts. And we've been talking about this lately. Church, we're going to start going through a time where we're, we're looking and we're evaluating every one of us in, in church project and finding what our spiritual gifts are. Because in, when we operate in our spiritual gifts, it's beautiful. When we operate the way that God has designed us, it's beautiful. And we come, and we come fully alive. Like I, 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 I illustrate this a lot because this is something I'm currently going through. But one of my gifts is teaching. That's one of my gifts is to teach. And so, and so how am I going about doing this? I'm trying to communicate. But also the stuff you don't know is that, or you might know is that I'm going to seminary. I'm reading. I'm studying. I'm trying to get the very best at, at what I can do to fully expose the, the truth in scripture. So we understand. I wrote down a weird, a, a weird sentence just so, just so you know here. It says this. To fully, um, <laughs> one of the things I'm studying this week is the ontological arguments found in the bi- biblical pericope. Do you understand what that means? I don't have a clue what that means. I'm supposed to figure out what that means. It doesn't mean a whole lot. Actually, it does. But one of my gifts is to teach. And so to honor you and to honor God, I study. I study really hard. I go to seminary. I do the things that I can to fully expose this scripture the best that I can. Can I do it with 100% accuracy? No way. There's no possible way. But I'm hungry to teach and I want to teach and I'm going to do the work and I'm going to study and I'm going to ask God to show us some things. Church, are we operating in our spiritual gifts? This is just me. This is what I can bring to church project. And I'm going to look you in the eye and say, I'm going to do my hardest to operate in my spiritual gifts so as a body we can encourage each other and we can run after God and I'm going to do that. Are you going to do that? Are you going to do it? It takes us operating, everyone fully operating in our gifts to be a body that's making a difference in Greeley. If you're not operating in your spiritual gifts, if you're sleeping, then why are you here? Ooh, that's harsh, isn't it? That's a cowbell moment, Chad. It takes all of us being sold to Jesus. I'm so excited for Allie and James right now. Like I read that email and my heart jumped. Two individuals accepted Jesus Christ this last week because they're operating in their spiritual gifts and they're not asleep and they're running after God. It doesn't take us moving to Bangladesh to operate in our spiritual gifts and to have the eyes of Jesus Christ. You know what it takes? I think it's pretty simple. Spend time with your king. I'm not going to add point two and three. Wake up tomorrow, early. I know you can because you did today. Open up the Bible. Read it. Lock eyes with our king. 
find our identity in who he is. The rest, he'll make known. But don't go to sleep. Don't sit back and just sit on it. Church, I think that we've been put here in Greeley to make a difference. What do you think? How big of a difference do you think we're going to make here? I don't know. That's almost not up to us. Well, I would say it's not up to us. Our job as a church body is to individually go grab this thing. Read it. Study it. Find our identity in him. He'll make the rest pretty clear. It's pretty easy. I'm going to end with these two lines because they're at the end and I think they're kind of cool. If you've received his grace, it's your duty and your honor to pass it on. Work hard with an anticipation of his return. I asked, what are you most looking forward to today? And if you're to point to something like a nap or going to eat, maybe our perspective is wrong. Maybe we're looking at life wrong and going about it wrong. Because what we should most be looking forward to today is our master returning. How cool is that? There's a lot of wars. There's a lot of destruction. There's a lot that's happening in our world. And we can get sucked down into this quickly and get concerned and start hiding in the (laughs) woods. And Jesus says, don't. These are temporary. What's the worst that's going to happen to you? You'll die. Just physical death. Jesus comes so we can have eternal life. And that's beautiful to me. So I read these verses and it's, and it's easy to get lost in it and get confused and think Jesus is going to dismember us unless we go serve, serve him. <laughs> and really all along what he's saying is, I've come and I'm serving you and I love you. That's it. Can you do the same? Can you do the same? Church, let me pray for us. Um, and I hope this made sense. I skipped a whole lot in there. So if it doesn't, then sorry. <laughs> but if it does, and I, I think the Holy Spirit can teach you some cool stuff, then, then I hope that you'll respond to him this morning, whatever it is he's showing you. So let me pray for us. If you would, just, just close your eyes. God, I pray that in this place, you'll show us who you are. And God, even this morning, as, as you're just teaching us your word, I pray that your Holy Spirit is moving in each and every one of us. God, are we ready? Are we ready for you? God, this world can be scary sometimes.
So I pray for every one of us that we'll have the right perspective, and that's the eternal perspective, not the temporary one. God, I pray in this moment we can begin to just feel your, your love, your grace, this awesome relationship. And we begin to let loose, let go of the pressures that we've put on that. Pray that we don't feel like the world is resting on our shoulder and the salvation of the world and feel that we don't feel angst right now. But I I pray, God, that in this place, most importantly, what we feel is peace in your presence with a complete trust that you'll make the rest known when you're ready. And God, I pray that you fill us with the fire. The fire to know you, to lock eyes with you, and to serve you, God. I pray it's not a duty, but it's a joy. God, I ask in this place that each one of us would come alive in you today. Pray for Church Project Greeley that we'd be a church that is a church of action. Speaking life into dead places. Giving bread to those hungry. Introducing individuals in despair to hope. God, I pray for each of us this week as we go about our week that we'd come across individuals that need love and we'd be bold enough. We'd have eternal eyes that we'd have our, our, our shirts tucked in and our staff in hand and we'd speak truth to them and, and speak it with love. I pray that we can begin to start making a difference in Greeley, Colorado and wherever we go. In this moment, God, we give you our lives. We give you our heart, our minds. We ask you to show us who you are. I pray that we respond accordingly. Thank you for your love, God. And we do await your return. And honestly, we may get a little homesick sometimes for a place we've never been. So may we live today and tomorrow and however many days we have on earth waiting for you, anxious, waiting, waiting, but yet content. Please show us how to do that. Take a couple moments just to sit in silence. Just listen to him.
this place, if there's any of you that, any of us that haven't surrendered our life to God, would you do that in this moment? Just say, God, I've been holding my life from you. Or I've been holding parts of my life from you. God, I want to give you control of that right now. If there's anyone that needs prayer here, please don't leave without being prayed over. And Jared is up here on the front right. He would love to pray with you. If there's anyone in here, we've wronged someone. Pray that we get that right as well. Let this moment be a moment where we're focusing on God and responding to Him in our lives.